Hi and welcome to the Stories of the Prophet series and we're moving on after Musa al-Islam to Dawud al-Islam. But before we move on to the main parts of his story, we need to understand that there's a small gap between Musa al-Islam and Dawud al-Islam's story and I need to fill it up for you. And that is a story of two people, namely Talut and Jalut. So first let's finish that. The story of Talut and Jalut took place after the time of Musa al-Islam and during this period the Israelites had become a stingy and controlling race, oppressing other non-Israelites and treating them with injustice and prejudice. Over the years they had become a bad-mannered people who were far away from Allah. They were lovers of the material life and were not spreading the message of Allah. Therefore, to teach them humility and to remind them to go back to Allah, Allah sent the community a trial by Taslit where he permitted one of the worst tyrants of this time, Jalud, to oppress them as a sign of torture and humiliation from Allah. Bani Israel was weakened and exhausted by continual wars and were repeatedly humiliated and defeated by their powerful enemies. Their trial continued for years, during which time God did not predestine for them to gain victory. Their villages were destroyed, families were cast out of their homes, children and women were kidnapped, and their economy was ruined. Even the Ark of Covenant, the indication of strength and support from Allah, was seized from them again as a sign of humiliation from Allah. Okay, uh, some information about the Ark of the Covenant before we move on. Now, Ark of the Covenant is uh, a wooden metal box, okay, it's made out of gold, and it is seen to have contained a few belongings of Musa al-Islam, especially those tablets that God gave him, that Allah gave him, uh, in which his commandments were written down. So this box was uh, seized from them, okay, and it belonged to the Israelites after Musa al-Islam, but it was seized. Eventually, they sought the counsel of their prophet during this time, okay, and at that time, um, it is According to the time frame, we can say that it was Prophet Samuel, okay, Samuel al-Islam, uh, Samail al-Islam, and we don't know for sure because in the Quran, the Prophet's name is not mentioned. It's just mentioned that there was a Prophet that these people talked to or spoke to. But um, according to the time frame, and if you look at the biblical version, you will find that it was Prophet. Samael or Samuel promising him so they sought his counsel okay and promising him that they would fight in Allah's way under the leadership of a king appointed by Allah so they prayed they wanted this prophet to choose a king to appoint a king for them because they felt like they were losing all these battles because they didn't have a leader the prophet prayed to Allah and Allah sent his verdict to be relayed to Bani Israel. Allah had selected Talut, a humble and kind farmer, principally for his piety but also for his physical strength, knowledge and wisdom to be their king and to lead the army. It said in Quran, Have you not thought about the group of the children of Israel after the time of Musa, when they said to a prophet of theirs, Appoint for us a king and we will fight in Allah's way. He said, Would you then refrain from fighting if fighting was prescribed for you? They said, why should we not fight in Allah's way while we have been driven out of our homes and our children and families have been taken as captives? 
And their prophet, Samuel, said to them, Indeed, Allah has appointed Talut or Saul as a king over you. They said, How can he be a king over us when we are better fitted than him for the kingdom and he has not been given enough wealth? He said, Verily, Allah had chosen him above you and has increased him abundantly in knowledge and stature. And Allah grants his kingdom to whom he wills and Allah is all-sufficient for his creatures' needs and all-knower. Now Talut, the farmer, did not originate from Bani Israel, and neither did he possess the rank of the elite and rich. He was an average farmer, without money or status, but Allah selected him due to his piety, knowledge and wisdom that Allah had bestowed upon him. With these qualities, Allah chose him as a king and a leader to lead the army, to demonstrate to Bani Israel that Allah can elevate whoever he wants. Such choice had nothing to do with social status or material wealth. For Bani Israel, this was unacceptable. Like their stubborn predecessors during the time of Musa Islam, they immediately rejected Allah's verdict and as usual asked for a sign. When they eventually accepted Allah's decision, Allah gave them the miracle of the Ark of the Covenant, which, they, which had been under the captivity of Jalut for years previously, materializing before them from the sky. So they asked Allah for a sign to show them that it was indeed uh, Talut that Allah chose to be their king. And as a sign, Allah sent the Ark of the Covenant, the box that I spoke about, from the sky through angels. And it is said in Quran, And their prophet Samuel said to them, Verily the sign of his kingdom is that there shall come to you a tabut, a wooden box, wherein is sakina, peace and reassurance, from your Lord, and a remnant of that which Musa Islam and Harun Islam left behind, carried by the angels. Verily in this is a sign for you if you are indeed believers. So they had to accept finally that Talut would be the king and the leader of the army. Okay, now Jalut is the oppressor and Talut is the king. Okay, now the army of Talut. According to some reports, Talut recruited approximately 33,000 men from the society of Bani Israel. Now Jalut's army was 250,000 to 400,000 strong and was mighty in strength and fully equipped. Talut's army set out to fight Jalut and his men. It was then that they were given a trial by Allah to test their sincerity. When they arrived at the river, Talut, inspired to do so from Allah, commanded his men to sip not more than one handful of water from it, even though they were extremely thirsty. This did not make sense to the majority of the men, so they disobeyed his order and drank to their fill. Then when Talut set out with the army, he said, Verily, Allah will try you by a river, so whoever drinks thereof, he is not of me, and whoever tastes it not, he is of me, except him who takes thereof in the hollow of his hand. Yet they drank all except a few of them. So, yeah, they were tried and tested, and some of them failed. Those who disobeyed principally from the elite in society and who preferred to utilize their intellect and to argue with Talut than to obey Allah suddenly found themselves weak and fatigued. They were discouraged and claimed that they were powerless to face Jalut and his men. Therefore, as in the past, the majority of Bani Israel broke their covenant with Allah. Yeah, they always broke their promises. But when fighting was ordered for them, they turned away, all except a few of them. And Allah is all aware of the Zalimun, the polyists and the wrongdoers. On the other hand, those who were steadfast in their obedience and trust in Allah continued with the journey and participated in the battle. 
So in the Quran it said, so when he had crossed it, the river, he and those who believed with him, they said, we have no power this day against Jalut and his host. But those who knew with certainty that they were to meet their Lord said, how often a small group overcame a mighty host by Allah's leave. And Allah is with the Asabirin, the patient ones. According to some reports, by the time they crossed the river, Talut's men were reduced to 313 in number, which was the same number as the army of Prophet Muhammad in the Battle of Badr. These men were powerful because they trusted in Allah and obeyed Him totally with full sincerity. They knew that even though they were pitiful in numbers, they had Allah's might on their side. So the two armies confronted each other. Talut's army was barely equipped and vastly outnumbered by Jalut's soldiers were also superior in physical stature, weaponry, weaponry and experience. The odds against Talut's army were overwhelming. At best, 313 civilians against a quarter of a million soldiers. However, the believers neither panicked nor despaired. Instead, they called upon Allah for his help. And when they advanced to meet Jalut and his forces, they invoked our Lord pour forth on us patience and make us victorious over the disbelieving people. Before the battle commenced, Jalut arrogantly asked to challenge the best warrior from Talut's army. Talut, upon consultation with his people, decided on a very young man whose name was Dawood, Dawood or David, Dawood was renowned for his constant state of zikr or remembrance of Allah and was selected primarily for his piety and closeness to Allah. Dawud al-Islam was extremely skillful with the sling. He took aim and the stone sailed through the air and by the will of Allah met its mark. According to some reports, the stone decapitated Jalut. The battle commenced, but it was swift and decisive because without their leader, the forces of Jalut were soundly defeated and the men of Talut triumphed. So they routed them by Allah's leave and Dawood killed Jalut and Allah gave him Dawood the kingdom after the death of Talut and Samuel and he gave him Al-Hikmah prophethood and taught him of that which he willed so that is how Dawood attained prophethood so yeah now let's move on to Dawood story okay after Dawood killed the tyrant Jalut in single combat with his sling the Israelites achieved victory and were freed from the oppression of Jalud's rule. Dawud al-Islam, previously an unknown young lad, became famous overnight. Many of the stories of Dawud al-Islam and his son Suleiman al-Islam are recorded in the Israeli traditions. However, many of these narratives have been distorted and fabricated, creating wishes lies against both prophets. The general rule of interpretation is that if these Israeli traditions conflict with Muslim reports, then the Muslim reports will take precedence. And if the Israeli accounts were not contradictory to Muslim narratives, then we neither we are neither to believe nor disbelieve in them, in that we should not confirm or deny the accuracy of such reports. Also bear in mind that prophets and messengers are the chosen ones and are protected against committing major sins such as adultery, murder and black magic, some of which the Israeli tradition accused prophets of doing. If any reports put the prophets and messengers' characters in disrepute, such reports are to be rejected entirely. It is impossible that Allah would choose people of evil character to be prophets and messengers and be the spiritual and moral leader of their people. Okay, so after leading his people to victory in the short but decisive face-to-face combat, the Israelites loved Dawud al-Islam. 
the lands of Bani Israel previously confiscated by the tyrant ruler was restored to them and their status of abject humiliation was lifted. Allah then chose Dawud al-Islam to be the king of his people and to succeed Talut. This was the first time that prophethood and kinghood came together in one individual. Dawud al-Islam was also unique in that he was one of the very few prophets to be granted wealth. The other two were Ayyub al-Islam and Dawud al-Islam's son, Prophet Sulaiman. So Allah says, So they defeated them by permission of Allah and Dawud killed Jalut and Allah gave him the kingship and prophethood and taught him from what he willed. And if it were not for Allah checking people by means of others, the earth would have been corrupt. But Allah is full of bounty to the worlds. Now each prophet and messenger has its own unique attributes and was gifted by Allah to perform miracles specific to them. Dawud al-Islam possessed plenty of magnificent characteristics. As a ruler and a judge, he was extremely just to his subjects. Despite his mighty kingdom, he was always accessible to the general public who wanted him to preside and judge over their personal grievances. Allah granted him the wisdom and intelligence to issue judgments which were fair and insightful. He was courageous and Allah strengthened his kingdom and bestowed upon him wisdom and sound judgment. Dawud al-Islam was also granted the scriptures in the forms of Zabur or the Psalms of David. Allah the Almighty tells us, Indeed, we have revealed to you, O Muhammad, as we revealed to Nuh and the prophets after him, and we revealed to Ibrahim, Ismail, Ishaq, Yaqub, and the descendants, Isa, Ayyub, Yunus, Harun, and Sulaiman, and to Dawud, we gave the book of palms or Zabur. By the power of Allah, iron became malleable in his hands, and he could shape this metal without the need for a kiln or a hammer. A kiln is an oven. He was also the first to know the skills of making armor from iron, a knowledge that was taught to him by Allah. Okay, so that's when armory came to be. Of these gifts and abilities, the most outstanding one was unique to him was his golden voice. Whenever he sang from the Zabur or in glorification of Allah, his melodious voice resonated through the air and the birds would stop in the air to join his singing. Even mountains would join Mountains would join in praising and glorifying Allah every morning and evening. It is reported that his voice was so hypnotic that if he did not stop singing, birds would die of hunger because they were too enraptured in singing praises of Allah with him than to eat. In the Quran it says, Be patient over what they say and remember our servant Dawood, the possessor of strength. Indeed, he was one who reportedly turned back to Allah. Indeed, we subjected the mountains to praise with him, exalting Allah in the late afternoon and after sunrise. And the birds were assembled all with him repeating praises. And we strengthened his kingdom and gave him wisdom and discernment in speech. Despite his kingship, Dawud al-Islam led a humble life. He only ate from what he earned with his own hands, in that he never helped himself to the state coffers of his personal benefit. He constantly glorified Allah at all times, always remaining thankful and humble, despite his high station amongst the people. He was not dazzled or enslaved by his material belongings nor his status as a ruler and always realized that he was a slave to Allah. He often shed tears out of love and devotion to his creator. He was in constant prayer and remembrance of Allah and spent every alternate day fasting such that Allah says that his was the best prayer. Rasulullah said, the best prayer to Allah is the prayer of Dawood, and the best fasting to Allah is the fasting of Dawood. He slept for the first half, then woke up for the one-third of the night and prayed, 
and then he slept for the rest of the one sixth. He fasted and the with the gap of one day, and whenever he met his enemy, he never backed off. It's in Bukhari Hadith and Muslim. Okay. Now this is part one of Dawud al-Islam, and there are some lessons that we need to learn out of this. Okay. Now all the stories of prophets and messengers, okay, when thought about or understood in their entirety has a situation that matches everyone's circumstances. Most of the prophets and messengers that we had talked about did not come from a high status in society, nor were they wealthy. In fact, most of them were exceedingly poor. In this, the message to us is that the lack of money should not be an impediment to begin a worship, worshipper of Allah. And one cannot blame his lack of status or wealth as an excuse. What if the person is wealthy? The story of Dawud al-Islam teaches us that even in wealth, we are to worship Allah and devote ourselves to Him. Dawud al-Islam was extremely wealthy, but that did not prevent him from fasting every other day or worshipping Allah devoutly every night. His heart was not clouded by materialism and his actions were not motivated by greed and the love of accumulation. In fact, he remained humble, earned his own keep and spent his assets on aiding the poor and the needy. Wealth should not make us arrogant, nor neglect our worship. If anything, living in comfort should be a means of increasing our worship to him, both because there are no obstacles in the form of hardship and also as praise and thanks to him for all his mercy upon us. Okay, and with this, we end with part one and I will meet you back with part two. Take care and bye.